All right, so let me begin by saying that we, we just came out of a, uh, a series that I did for 13 weeks on uh, greater grace. We talked about pride and humility in that series. And now we're going to just do a kind of a, a one-hit wonder. You ever heard of a one-hit wonder? Yeah, so uh, this will be just, this is not a series, this is just one teaching. Actually, I had a whole teaching already prepared, and it was done. And then Roe versus Wade got overturned. Uh, which is good news. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to preach that message that I had in mind because I think this is a historic occasion and I need to talk about it. We need to talk about it and address this. So uh, we're going to do a teaching today called Contending for the Faith. And uh, I just want to begin by saying that in November of 2020, I did a message here called uh, When God Seems Absent. And uh, I referred to in that that teaching, our master text was Habakkuk chapter 1. And we're going to look at that again today, um, but before I do, I just want to give you some introductory thoughts. In January of 2021, I delivered a different message called Stand, and the, uh, that message talked about the importance of uh, standing firm in the face of opposition and not letting go. Um, so in light of this fabulous news that we've just received, that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Um, I'm going to revisit some of those concepts from those two past teachings because, you see, there were some, some things that happened back then when I delivered those messages that uh, had many of God's people troubled, including myself. See, in November of 2020, Joe Biden appeared to win the presidential election, emphasis on the word appeared. And then the following January 2021, he was, quote, confirmed. And that was uh, that the teaching where I referred Habakkuk 1. Um, you know, I said some things in that teaching that some of you maybe, I don't know, maybe not have believed because it was a very encouraging message in the face of some very discouraging circumstances. But I made some statements there when I referenced Habakkuk 1 that were really almost prophetic in nature. And looking back now, I can see that they were indeed prophetic in nature. So let's go ahead and read our master text. If you can find Habakkuk, that is in the middle of your Bibles. That's one of the minor prophets. Are you there? Um, all right, so Habakkuk 1, verse 2. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. And therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked him in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Now here is God's response. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if I told you. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Praise God. Well, when I first referenced this passage in November of 2020, I said at the end of that teaching uh, something that is going to be appropriate for this teaching today as well. I'm just going to go ahead and read to you verbatim, word for word, what I said at the end of that teaching 
in November 2020. So here we go. Here's what I said. So whether you are going through your own personal dark night of the soul, and God seems absent in your spiritual journey right now, or whether you've just been observing all that's going on around us and experiencing this national time of darkness, I believe God wants me to tell you that he is not done with America. And he's not done with you. Just keep praying to him. Just keep pressing into the things of God, even when it seems like God isn't listening, just like Joseph did during those dark 13 years in Egyptian captivity. And one day, I don't know when it will be, but one day God is going to explode on the scene and utterly amaze you, unquote. So I believe that was prophetic. See, I don't know about you, but I was utterly amazed at the overturning of Roe versus Wade because uh, there's people that have told me that we won't ever see abortion overturned in our lifetime. And I've always been quick to jump on that, responding that, hey, look, nothing is impossible with God. Yes, I believe for a long time that, and am still believing, that God is not done with America. Well, I admit that uh, sometimes God doesn't make sense. Sometimes his, his timing often isn't our timing. But as I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, God and this is in your notes, God is the ultimate multitasker. God is the ultimate multitasker. What do we mean by that? We see God will often kill several birds with one stone, so to speak. So in answering our prayers, he may want to accomplish even more than what you asked or imagined. So even though he may not answer prayers exactly the way that we think that he should or in the timing that we would prefer, folks, you see, God sees the bigger picture. He sees the whole panoramic view, and we don't. Okay, There are things that are going on behind the scenes in the spirit realm that we may not even realize is going on. Here's a statement that's in your notes as well. You can fill this in. Let's therefore guard against being dismayed by the circumstances. Let's guard against being dismayed by the circumstances. And I'm referencing there Joshua 1.9 where Joshua, uh, God told Joshua, uh, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's a wonderful promise. You know, I admit that I've had my times of doubting and being dismayed by all that we're seeing around us right now, but I still believe that God is working behind the scenes on behalf of this nation. And I still believe that the prayers of God's people are hitting their mark. They're hitting their target. I mean, listen, who would have predicted that this year, during a time when Biden seems to be running everything into the ground, that we would see this decision of the overturning of Roe versus Wade? It's God, folks. And listen, let's give credit where credit is due. Without President Trump appointing three conservative Supreme Court justices, this day would not have come. God definitely used him. And who would have thought that this month that's now being called Gay Pride Month by some will now forever be known as Life Month. You know, um, Mary Beth Klaus, who isn't here this morning, 
I saw on her Facebook page that she posted something uh, that said, Pride Month canceled. June is now Life Month. I like that. I like that. So we just need to understand that um, how God answers our prayers and how it plays out may not look like what we envisioned. And we just need to learn to trust God and his timing and his wisdom, right? You see, sometimes God waits longer than what we would like, but he does that to display his glory even more sometimes. And I'm put in remembrance of the time that Lazarus died. Remember this story in the Bible when Lazarus died and uh, the disciples told him that, that Lazarus is sick and it was reported to Jesus and he stayed back in his place for four more days. And Lazarus died in that period of time. And that doesn't seem to make sense to us, why Jesus would just hang out, but he had something in mind. He wanted, I mean, Jesus had healed a lot of people already. He could have gone and healed Lazarus, but he didn't because he wanted to display something even greater than a healing. Because nobody up to that point, I don't think, I have to go back and read it. You know, I've been meaning to read the Bible someday, but... No, I'm just kidding. After that point, I don't believe that Jesus had raised anyone from the dead yet. And uh, so he wanted to display his power even more. So he held back. His timing wasn't their timing. As a matter of fact, I believe it was Mary who said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus essentially said, anything is possible for those who believe. And then, of course, he raised Lazarus from the dead. He had a different agenda in mind than just healing the sick. So he held back for a while so he could display his glory even more. Well, on that note, after the inauguration of Biden, I was very troubled in my heart. And uh, I, I I just couldn't conceive how it could go down like that after all that we'd prayed. I just couldn't conceive how it could go down like that. And I couldn't conceive how this could be turned around once that happened. Uh, I was so troubled, in fact, that I had trouble sleeping that night after the inauguration. And I awakened around 2 a.m. And I believe it was then that the Holy Spirit reminded me of a story from 2 Kings chapters 6 and 7. So I'm going to give you a little bit of the backdrop of that story, and then we're going to read a little bit out of that passage. Uh, But let me give you a little bit of backdrop, then I'll read some out of chapter 7 for you. So the Arameans had laid siege to a city in uh, Israel called Samaria. And uh, they cut off travel and supplies in and out of the city uh, for an extended period of time until the people began to experience severe starvation. So severe that a donkey's head sold for a great sum of money, and people even began to eat their own babies, if you can imagine such a thing. Well, there was a great prophet in Israel at that time by the name of Elisha, and Elisha had the word of the Lord come to him for the king, so he went to the king and said, and I quote out of... um, Chapter 7, verse 1, hear the word of the the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a seah of the finest flour will sell for a shekel, that's a small amount of money, and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? 
And then Elisha answers. You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it. Hmm. Okay, so let me give you um, a little bit more detail about what happens from there. Well, as it turns out, there were four lepers at the gates of the city of Samaria, and they decided to go out to the Aramean camp and give themselves up, hoping that the Arameans uh, would uh, be merciful to them and, and uh, spare them and give them quarter, or maybe they would execute them, but that would be a preferable death over starving to death. Uh, but as they were on their way out to the Aramean camp, the Lord caused the Aramean army to hear the sound of a great number of horses and chariots bearing down on them. And it was a phantom sound. There was no horses and chariots approaching. But that's what they heard. And as a result, they panicked, thinking that the king of Israel had hired the troops from some of the surrounding nations to come to their aid. So the Arameans fled for their lives and they abandoned their camp and everything in it. So when the four lepers got to the camp, no one was there. So they proceeded to gorge themselves on the food that was left behind. And uh, then they took some food and money and supplies and hid them away for themselves. But then after a little bit of time uh, in the camp and getting refreshed, um, their consciences got the best of them, and they thought, you know, this isn't right what we're doing. We need to go back into the city and tell the people what happened. And so that's what they did. And when the people received that news, they proceeded to stampede the gate of the city. And so let's pick it back up in verse 17 in uh, 2 Kings chapter 7. So here we go. Now the king had put the officer on whose arm he leaned in charge of the gate, and the people trampled him in the gateway, and he died, just as the man of God had foretold when the king came down to his house. It happened as the man of God had said to the king, about this time tomorrow, a seah of the finest flour will sell for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Verse 19, the officer had said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? The man of God replied, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat any of it. And that is exactly what happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gateway and he died. So I believe this is what the Lord was reminding me of, and you can make a note of this in your bulletin there, don't place your faith in present circumstances because he is a God of suddenly. He's a God of suddenly. Don't place so much faith in present circumstances because God is a God of suddenly. Look, your circumstance, your personal circumstances could change just like that. Just like we saw with the Roe versus Wade, we saw Roe versus Wade being upheld one day and gone the next. God is a God of suddenly. So God was reminding me that he is more than able and not to be like the king's officer who doubted God's power and therefore did not get to partake in God's miraculous provision. See, when you doubt, you do without. But you receive when you believe. Praise God. Yeah, go ahead. Praise God. That was a little weak, actually. I'll give you another chance. <laughs> yeah. 
When you doubt, you do without, but you receive when you believe. You can tweet that, all your tweeters. And now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned, I don't know about you, but it's refreshed my faith. Yeah. And now I'm believing that this is just the first domino in a long line of dominoes that's about to fall. Restoring truth and liberty and justice to this nation. Amen. So you see, you don't have to know and I don't have to know how God is going to do it. We don't even have to know when he's going to do it or who he's going to do it through. See, we just have to trust that he is still the God of suddenly. He's still the God of miracles. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, praise God. And I know that you and I are still the apple of his eye. He loves me. He loves you. And if his eye is on the little sparrows, the Bible says, then his eye is on you and me, and it's on this nation. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Well, you know, I don't usually take my theology from movies. But there's a great quote from a movie called Rocky Balboa, which I guess is Rocky movie number 14 or whatever it is. And this is a really great quote that has some spiritual parallels. So I want to start coming down home stretch with this teaching with this quote right here. Uh, In that movie, Rocky is talking to his... um, his young adult son, and uh, he's giving him some life advice. And he says this to him, let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. That's a great quote. So on that note, (laughs) um, you know, God will often allow us to be in situations where we realize how helpless we are and how much we need to rely on him. Yeah, And then he will show us that we can overcome with his help. Now, no matter how big the storm is, no matter the challenge, we are up for it with his help, just like little David was with Goliath. So we just have to decide that after we've done everything that we know to do, that we're just going to continue to stand. Praise God. So write this down. Faith cannot be proven authentic until it's expressed during the most hopeless and dire of circumstances. I want to say that again. Faith cannot be proven authentic until it's expressed during the most hopeless and dire circumstances. See, it's not hard to trust God when everything's going your way. It's not hard to trust God when... Everything seems to be going according to your plan. But when things are not going according to your plan, that's where faith really has to kick in. Because it's not faith until you can't see it in front of you yet. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, says Hebrews, the evidence of things not seen. Exactly. 
So that's such, a, such an important point right there. Faith cannot be proven authentic until it's expressed during the most hopeless and dire of circumstances, seemingly hopeless. And folks, listen, while the Roe versus Wade being overturned is so wonderful that I can't even express it in words, let me also say, and this is so very important, that our work isn't done. Our work isn't done. There's more battles to fight and more ground to be taken for the kingdom. So let me ask you this. Are you up for the next challenge? Okay. Are you up for continuing to stand no matter what? And raise a hallelujah in the presence of your enemies? Praise God. Are you up for persevering in prayer? For being committed to decreeing over this nation? Are you up for resisting the temptation to shrink back and say, what's the use? The other side is winning. We've got to resist that temptation. No, we're not people that shrink back like that. That's not you and that's not me. We are people who contend for the faith. We are people who fight the good fight of faith. Because Hebrews 10.39 says, We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We're not of those who shrink back. That's not the kind of cloth that we're cut from. There may be other people out there like that, but not this church. God's raising us up to be warriors. God's raising us up to have some spiritual backbone, for Pete's sake. And take it on the chin over and over if necessary and keep getting back up and moving forward again. That's the kind of people God's looking for. That's what faith looks like. It's not about your strength. It's not about my strength. It's about his strength demonstrated in and through us. And we have to be willing to hang in there when things look bleak and like, how are we ever going to get out of this? Just keep fighting the good fight of faith. Praying, decreeing, fasting, all the things we know we need to be doing. Praise God. So I'm going to close or start to come to a close with this. You know, being involved in sports a lot of my life taught me a few life lessons. And, and one of those lessons is that it's great to win a game. And we should rejoice and uh, enjoy that for a day or two. But then, after all the hooplas died down, guess what? It's time to get back to work again. Because there's new opponents that want to take you down. And there's new battles up ahead to win. So don't ever rest on your laurels, folks. Because resting on your laurels, resting on our laurels, is how we got to this place that we're at right now in this nation. We fell asleep at the wheel because we were resting on our laurels. Now is the time to keep your foot on the accelerator. Now is the time to crank up the heat in prayer because, folks, this nation's not out of the woods yet. There's a lot of junk and craziness still going on out there. So we're not out of the woods yet. But our hope has been renewed, hasn't it? And now there's new ground to go out and take. So let's take it. So how are we going to do that? Well, by continuing to do what we've been doing as a church anyway. Continuing to pray, fast, decreeing, being active in issues of government. 
and doing our part in advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ because, look folks, this is a very important point. Nothing of eternal value is ever going to get done if we don't win some souls along the way. You see, the kingdom is advanced one soul and one life at a time, not just through politics. See, if people's hearts turn away from God, and this is what we've been experiencing in the last several generations, if people's heart turn away from God, then their worldview and their political views will naturally turn evil eventually. So we have to concentrate on reaching people with the gospel and praying for people and individuals. Who are the individuals and people in your circle that you can be praying for? In your family, at your work, at school. Who are the people that God has put you in the mix with on purpose, by the way, even though they frustrate you, even though you think, why in the world did they think that way? Why do they live that way? And they disgust you sometimes, but you're in their lives for a reason. Because you can be, if nothing else, you can be praying for them. See, the kingdom is advanced one soul at a time. And when more people get their worldview changed through a biblical worldview, then politics will naturally follow. That's the way it works. We can't get the cart before the horse. God didn't say, Jesus didn't say that the world's going to be won through politics. Although I think that politics can be won over through people of God who are influencing politics. That's the way it works. Praise the Lord. And that's you and me. So we just need to be continuing to pray for the people in our circles, um, doing whatever we can to advance the gospel in people's lives, as well as continuing to pray and decree over this nation. Hallelujah. Well, I was going to end with a, a really cool picture here of... Uh, I, wish you all could see this, of uh, the people celebrating, the, the pro-lifers celebrating after Roe versus Wade uh, was overturned, and just the tears and the people just hugging each other tearfully and embracing one another and just sobbing in joy, while the other side was just like going nuts. So it is definitely a time of celebration, folks. A 50-year death sentence has been corrected for the most part, for the most part, yeah. But as I've said, our fight isn't done because now it goes back to the states. And some states will continue to stand on the side of abortion, but other, side, other states won't. Now, as for Indiana, um, again, there's a text number that I was, was going to put on the screen, but I'll just tell it to you right now. As a matter of fact, if you all just want to get out your cell phones right now, I'm going to have you text something. Because it's time for Indiana to value every life and to pro provide care and support for pregnant mothers and even provide some uh, support in adopting. Okay? So that's one of the challenges before us. We've got we've to step up to the plate where adoption is concerned. We've got to have policies in place that don't make it so expensive to adopt little children. So type this number in. It's, it's not a typical like cell phone number. Here's the number, 52886. So that's the, the number you're going to text to. And then just put in, um, in the, the little box there, uh, type in capital letters, UNBORN. 
And the message part, yeah. Type unborn and send that off. All capitals. And send that off. And that's going to send a, a message to our legislators that you are demanding that Indiana legislators step up and protect the unborn. And, and our governor, now I haven't been too happy with our governor in some of the decisions that he's made, but he says at least that he's pro-life. So he better step up and make good on his word because the Constitution, or I should say, uh, uh, the, yeah, the Constitution has been upheld. Roe versus Wade has been overturned. And he said that he will absolutely make good on that. So, yes, my love, you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to add a couple more prayer points. Uh, you, coupled, you covered a couple that I was going to add. Last I heard, there were 26 states, they were trigger states. They are automatically said if it got overturned in the Supreme Court, it will be overturned in our state immediately. There's 26. So apparently we have about 24 that, and I'm, Indiana's one of those, that's not a trigger state, but he said they're meeting on, he's called a special session on July 6th. Yeah. And so they're, they already said they would uh, make it illegal. But we need to be praying for those 24 states that they will also follow suit because I believe there's a lot more conservative people out there than we know. We, we, hear, the, we hear the people that are not conservative. They're very loud. <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying, I'm talking, there's no reason why every single state shouldn't outlaw abortion. I, with our prayers, it will happen. Amen. Uh, pray for the young women. These young women, they're, if you can go to my Facebook page, if you're on Facebook still, Candace Owens had an awesome explanation to talk about women that are, are in these situations and they're just, they feel pressure, they feel confused, they're scared. And so we need to be praying for those women to find the right person to help them in their situation. And so, which brings up clarity. If you haven't already given to them, I think now is the time to give and give big because I think they're going to be getting a lot of calls. Praise God, but they're going to be, I just see them growing immensely. And um, in all other crisis pregnancy centers, I hear that some of them are being threatened. So pray for their safety. Pray yeah. for them because the demonic is just, it's just ugly out there. It's stirred up. So we got we to gotta be praying for all of that. And like Andy said, adoptions to be cheaper. And, and I mean, we don't want them to be just necessarily easier just for to go to anyone. But, you know, there's a lot of Christian families out there that would love to adopt. And it's just the costs have been so astronomical, so much red tape and so many things to have to go through. So let's pray that that process gets a lot easier. Yeah. And then the protection from the, from the rioting in the cities. So the rioting. Rioting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Very good, babe. I'm getting ready to pray and, and close the service down. Um, but I just want to say this. Last year, I did a series that you might remember called The Untouchables, uh, Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About in Church. And one of those, one of those topics was abortion. And uh, I, I told you from the outset of that teaching that this may be a tough teaching to get through if you've had an abortion. But God offers forgiveness and hope from any sin. If you're repentant, there's not a single sin that God is not willing to forgive you of. And like I said, sometimes women just terminate their pregnancies because of a convenience issue. But sometimes, like Donna was saying, they're pressured into it. They're coerced into it. So uh, we want to be compassionate on people that have gone through that. But if there's anybody here today that you've gone through an abortion, you know, we're not here to judge you. We're here to minister to you. 
uh, to minister the love and forgiveness and grace and healing of God. And so I'm not going to call anybody out or anything, but if you, if you need prayer afterward and you say, you know, this is something that, that I've really had trouble getting over because I know a lot of women, when they go through an abortion, it haunts them for years. And it really causes such emotional damage and emotional trauma to them that they have trouble getting over it. And, you know, I don't know what all of you here today have been through and gone through, but if there's anybody here today that after the service is over, I'm not going to do it during the service, but I'm just going to dismiss right now. We're going to pray. But if there's anybody here that has been through an abortion or a trauma of any kind, and you say, Pastor, I just really need somebody to agree with me in prayer and uh, just hang out afterwards. Uh, Donna and myself can pray over you. We have some other prayer uh, warriors here in the congregation that would be happy to, uh, to pray with you and just spend some time personally with you, ministering to you. So if there's anybody in that category, and maybe there's not, um, but I just want to extend that invitation if there is somebody in that category that you just, man, I, I was traumatized. Maybe you, there's, man, one in five women now are raped. Did you know that? One in five. That's unbelievable to me. And that experience right there causes a great deal of trauma. So if there's anybody in that category or any type of trauma that you've experienced and you say, I just really need somebody to agree with me in prayer, we're here to extend that prayer support for you. So uh, don't leave today. Well, again, we're going to dismiss the service, but if there's anybody in that category, don't leave without pulling somebody aside and saying, you know what, you were talking about me, and I, I really need somebody to pray with me and help me through this, because we'd be delighted to do that. Stand with me, please. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Andy Robbins and Blessed Life Fellowship. For more teaching and ministry resources, go to the church website at www.blessedlifefellowship.org. Thanks for listening, and may God's grace and favor shine on you.